Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Clive Urquhart. We'll start in Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 27 and uh, 28, and just continue on. What does it mean to be a steward? Uh, what does it mean to honour God in our hearts and in our, in our lives? We, we've obviously just come back from being away the last few weeks. And thanks for those of you that are praying for us. Uh, we had a brilliant time on holiday with our family in, uh, in the States and uh, lots of fun, lots of laughs, lots of food. And uh, not so much sun. You guys, we were looking at the temperature. It's like 28 in Horsham, 29 in Horsham, 30 in Horsham. And we were supposed to be in the sun capital of the world, you know, Southern California. And we were like cloudy with 20 degrees, uh, cloudy with 21 degrees and cloudy with 22 degrees. We had a bit of sun here and there, um, but, uh, it, but it's great to be back. And, you know, one of the things that when you... I have to be careful what I say here. But, uh, you know, when we go away, um, we're so thankful for what we have, who we are as a people. The the revelation that God has given us in terms of what it means to worship Jesus. Honestly, just um, to to use songs that are are Him, that lift our heads to worship Him. just being a people of faith, yeah. the way we talk, our expectation, yeah. who God is in our lives, the reality that it, honestly is so, um, we are blessed. Yeah. We really are blessed. Um, and uh, yeah. So we found ourselves speaking life to people while we are away and uh, encouraging people in their faith. In Pastor Aaron's church, um, where I spoke the first Sunday we were away, and then we had a, a worship healing night on the Friday evening following that, and we saw loads of people healed of all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and it's the first time they've done any, any, ever done anything like that in the church. And most of the people got healed because people were praying for one another in this meeting. And, and m- many people had never prayed for anyone to be healed before. Uh, and people getting healed of all sorts of things. We had doctors uh, who were there, who were part of the church, who got healed and giving testimony of, of what God was healing them from. All sorts. A guy got healed of a, a quite a, a, a serious heart issue, um, and he's he's been going to get it all checked uh, and everything. And backs and bones and muscles and Glory. some other stuff. All sorts of things. A lady had had a back issue where um, she had something that was completely disconnected in her back, in constant pain uh, for years. And, and she, she was healed. All the pain went, she said, she said, in order for the, she said medically, in order for the pain to go, these, whatever, I can't explain it, but these things have to be reconnected, which is impossible. And yet there was a creative miracle, you know, right there. And, and she said, all the pain's gone. She said, I can move about. I've got no restrictions. And she said, I haven't been able to do that for years. And, and that was some people, that was people praying for her. It wasn't me praying for somebody or a prayer team. 
And, and you could just hear the faith level in the, the room rise as people were like, wow, this works. God heals people and he can do this through me. Because, you know, so just, you know, uh, so, so encouraging for, for there, but also for us, you know, and, and let's not ever become familiar with who God is or what he's doing amongst us or whatever. Anyway, let's jump into the word. So just want to flow on with this. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about as a steward, of God's life and his presence, of who he is in us. We're, we're stewards of his presence. We're stewards of his word. There's an attack on his word at the moment, yes. just in general, yes. uh, within the body of Christ, within his church, yes. in terms of things that are going on and, and the importance of being stewards of his word, stewards of the truth yes. and cultivating that in our, in our lives to know him. And we're in lots of ways. So let's have a look at Genesis 1.28. Just want to start here and then unpack something for a few minutes and give some parallels. So that, and, and you'll see probably certain things we think, yeah, I, I, I think like that. That's how I am uh, in a good way. And there may be some other things we think, mm, yeah, I think a bit like that, actually. And I need that there needs to be a change in my thinking and how I, I see not just myself, but how I see God and how I see then how I live in terms of who God's called me to be. So let's have a look. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So this is in the context of creation, obviously at the beginning of Genesis. He, he creates mankind, he breathes into him, into his nostrils, breathes life into him. And then he says this, he blesses them. And then he says, be fruitful, increase, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the air and the birds of the sea and everything, you know, so what's he doing? We see in Isaiah 6 verse 3, the whole of the host of heaven, they were calling to one another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. What was God doing in creation? What did he do when he formed us as mankind, as people? When we come into relationship with him, what does he call us? Not, not just who does he call us to be, but what does he call us then to do on earth? So God was in his kingdom, ruling and reigning. Worship was going on while the earth was formless. There was nothing going on down here. Everything was going on in the heavens, in God's kingdom. Worship, adoration, constantly. And then Lucifer, who headed up the worship, had this thought in his mind, I want everybody to worship me up here. Immediately, he was thrown out of heaven, like lightning, immediately. It wasn't God turned, saying to Lucifer, can we just have a word? 
uh, the, the, you know, let's have a pastoral visit for a minute. There's something not right here. As soon as Lucifer thought it, boom, he was thrown out of heaven down here to this formless earth. God then, in his wisdom, brings creation into being on this formless earth. He forms mankind. What is the purpose of man on earth? Firstly, it's to know him, but then it's also to rule and reign with him. It's to rule and reign on earth and be stewards, if we can use this word, of what belongs to God. But part of that stewardship is to fill the whole earth with his glory. It's to fill the whole earth with his kingdom life. So the mandate that mankind was given at the beginning of Genesis was fill the whole earth with God's kingdom, with my kingdom. Take the kingdom, take my glory and fill the whole earth. The devil didn't like the fact that God had created mankind, put him on earth and said, you can rule and reign over all of this. Because the devil's like, this is my territory. This is my domain. And so he sought to usurp what God was doing with mankind and said, no, I want man to serve me and to worship me. And Adam and Eve sinned. Independent action from God. Suddenly there was separation between mankind and God. And instead of God's glory going all over the earth, instead sin filled the earth. Now God's heart and plan and purpose did not change. His purpose was still my kingdom and my glory going to fill the earth. So yes, Jesus came for our salvation. But that's not the focus of the Bible. The purpose of salvation is to bring us into God's kingdom. And now we are in God's kingdom. We become ambassadors of his kingdom on earth. What did Jesus pray in Matthew 5 when they said, teach us how to pray? He said, our father relationship who art in heaven Hallowed be your name, honour, glory, reverence, honour, adoration be your name. Then he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the purpose of our salvation is yes, we are saved from sin, from death, from hell, from an eternity without God. But we're saved into God's kingdom to then live the kingdom life on earth as it is in heaven. Are you with me this morning? And so therefore on earth we're ambassadors, we are stewards of his life, of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So we need to understand what is the kingdom like? What does it mean to live the kingdom on earth? Colin's message a few weeks ago about um, the tyranny of more, so, so important because the tyranny of more is driven by the spirit of the age, the spirit of the world. And the spirit of the age drives people for more of 
whatever they think they need. Yeah. At the root of it, obviously, is the, the, the nature of sin, yeah. which is self-centred, yeah. which is idolatry, self-worship in that sense. And Jesus came to break the power of that, separate us from that, to bring us into his kingdom so that then we could be who he's called us to be, to take his kingdom and his life and his power. Interested in, in Isaiah where it says, they say in the heaven, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. The book of Isaiah basically is calling Israel, the people of Israel to account for their sin and rebellion against God. But alongside that, through the book of Isaiah is the promise of salvation through Jesus the Messiah. So that, first of all, the Jewish people come into the fulfilment of their call on earth, which was to be a light to the nations. To be a people who carry God's glory and salvation to the nations to cause the nations to be jealous of what they have. That's why Jesus came first for them so that they could come into all that they were called to be and to do to fulfil his purpose. And then we as Gentiles, as we are born again, as we are saved, we then come into the same kingdom, the kingdom of God, we come into the same call and purpose, which is to take the glory, the life, the presence of God, his salvation to others around us, to the ends of the earth. And so if we understand that as the big picture of what we're called to steward. There are the macro things going on at the moment. We read them in the news, all the things that are going on that want to undermine the purposes of God. But then there's the micro of our daily lives where we seek to honour God in the way that Colin spoke about in terms of we, we don't live for the things of this world because there's something that's changed on the inside of us where our desires are not met by the things of this world, but our desires are fulfilled in who God is because he is our medication, if we can put it that way. Then he spoke about tithing. Why is tithing so important? And then what flows from that? Because tithing is the evidence of what is going on in our hearts or one of the evidence, the first fruit, what belongs to God. And, and we know money is not the easiest thing to talk about. But if you settled in your heart that everything that you have belongs to him and that all that you have, you're a steward of it, it's a lot easier for then what you have in your hands as a steward to flow, to come into your hands, to flow through your hands into other people's lives. Because when you're a steward of something, you don't own it. When you own something, <clears throat> you feel like this is, this is mine and it's added some kind of value. And if God then says, give it away, it feels like, oh, I'm going to have less or I'm going to not have something in my life. And when you come into the kingdom, the things of this world are not the things that add value in our lives anymore. 
because he's become the one, the thing that is the value in us. And therefore the perspective of the things of this world change. And now the things of this world we become stewards of because if God can bring it into our lives, it can then easily flow through our lives to others. And so if we're stewards and, and God says, do this, do that, do the other, there's a joy in releasing that to others. Amen. And actually, in the giving, what happens on the inside of you, there's a joy of more that is released in you when you give. And I'm not just talking about money, but when you just give or bless or do something, yeah. there's the joy of more if I can put it that way, that rises up in you because you've done something that is not this way. You've done something that is that way. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, when he went to the cross for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross because he was going to be selfless in laying his life down. There was a joy that rose up in him knowing that we were going to benefit from what he was going to do. And that's the shift in, steward, in a stewardship heart and mentality in our lives, that when we're stewards of everything that God has given us and who He is in our lives, that key principle, it's better, it's better to give than to receive, or it's more, we're more blessed in giving than receiving. That, that is a, a maturing shift in our lives. Now, I just want to do a really simple in, in the next five or ten minutes, just a, a simple contrast. What does it look like to be a steward? Or, or let's use this phrase. What does it look like to be a builder in God's kingdom rather than a consumer? Let's look at Jeremiah 29, verses five to seven for a moment. It says here, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of this city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, God is speaking to the, the, to the, the Jewish people uh, at this moment in these verses in, in, in uh, Jeremiah. And he's basically saying, hey, hey, guys, I want you to settle, build houses. I want you to plant gardens. He said, I want you to build. I want you to invest because there's a fruitfulness that I've called you to um, that is not just about your life at this moment. It's about the generations to come. And a steward doesn't just think about their own life and what I'm going to get out of this. A steward is thinking, this is who I am in God. This is all that he has blessed me with at this time. How can this be a blessing to others? How can who he is and what he's done in me and given to me be a blessing to others? How can I invest? How can I... see others receive more than I'm receiving. So let's just have a, a, a comparison for a moment. So a builder thinks long term. 
He's, he's got some plans. He wants to find some land. He wants to find a place that he can build. He digs foundations. He wants to establish what is going to be built with some foundations because he knows the foundations are really important in terms of how long what he builds is going to last. He also looks at what he's building with. What amazes us when we go to the States and you see houses being built, everything's made of wood. It's all wood. Everything's wood. And you think, wow. And in the area where our son lives, uh, there were several houses that were completely covered with uh, under these massive uh, plastic coverings uh, because they were had termite infestations. And so they had to have all the term, they have to have their house completely covered. Not my son, this is, but these one or two houses near where they live. And, uh, and for us, it was like, wow, look at that, you know. And they said, yeah, they've they got a termite infestation. So they have to have the whole of their house sprayed and this and that and the other. And we're like, how regular is that? And they're like, well, a lot of people's houses, they have to have that done every 20, 30 years. Because houses are not built to last. They're in that way. And so what we build with and what we live with is important. So a builder thinks about what he's building with. So a holiday maker, somebody with more of a temporal mindset, there's a difference between a builder and a holiday maker. When you're a builder, you're thinking long term, how can I invest to get a return? How can I create an environment for others to come and live in and create a community, create family, create a place for relationships, create a place for life and and generations to come from what is being built? Whereas a holidaymaker is thinking short term. They're not thinking, they're not thinking about building anything, investing anything. They're not thinking about putting any roots down. A holidaymaker is, is more about making plans up as they go. How many of you have been on holiday? Some of you may plan everything you do on holiday. I don't know. Maybe you're like that. If you're a planner, maybe you prepare everything before you go on holiday. We're going to do this. We're going to go there. We're going to, you know, be, oh man, I can't have a holiday like that. Uh, where every day is organised and we're like, right, we've got to be here now, we've got to do this now, we've got to be there now. You know, that's not a holiday for me. That's like, oh my word, that's boot camp, um, you know, by the beach, you know, whatever. And what's a holiday maker? A holiday maker is not looking to take any responsibility. A holiday maker just makes things up as they go. While we were away, most days we were like, so what should we do tomorrow? And, and often we didn't really decide. We were like, oh, well, and we never got round to it. Apart from the odd thing, going to SeaWorld or what's the other one? Legoland or wherever it is, which is five minutes around the corner from where our son lives. And apart from the odd plan that, let's do that. Most of it was, oh, let's do this or let's go there. Or, and even when we were out, it's like, oh, let's go and do this now or whatever it might be. Because you've got the freedom to do it, right? So a builder says, I'm going to live and invest my life here and not think about ever going anywhere else. Whereas a holidaymaker is like, I just want a great place to go. If something's not going right, I can complain. 
because I've paid my thousand quid or two thousand quid or whatever it is to be here with my family. And if the service isn't good, I'll complain. If the food's not good, I'll complain. I'm not here to bring solutions and all that. I'm here to get my money's worth. And, and being on holiday is a completely different mentality. I just want to have a great time. Anybody else go on holiday like that? All right, yeah. For Jane and I, when we, uh, a few years ago, we were, this is a long time ago actually, when we first got married, we were part of a ministry in another part of the country. We knew we weren't going to be there for the rest of our lives. We, we knew that it was going to be for a season. But God spoke to us right at the beginning of our time there. And he said to us, he said, you know that you're not going to be here. This is not where you're going to live like forever in that sense. But while you are here, I want you to live like you're never going to be anywhere else. I want you to give yourself heart, mind, soul, everything, money. I want you to give yourself as if you're never going anywhere else. That transform the way we saw where we were and a builder thinks like that they don't think just transitional kind of mentality maybe you know they say today I'm going to give myself fully heart and soul to where I am where God's called me and to what I'm doing a builder understands the future is determined by how they live today. How you live today will will determine what happens tomorrow and how you come into tomorrow. A builder lives, a spiritual builder, lives according to the word. If we live according to the word, we're living according to God's plan and God's purpose for our lives. Part of the question for each of us is, what word are you living with today? What word are you living with today? What is God speaking to you about today? What is is it in the word that you're mulling over, thinking about, meditating on? What is he speaking to you about at this, this time? Because a builder lives according to the will of God. Therefore, in our lives... We live according to our will, not our emotions. A holidaymaker lives to their emotions. While you're on holiday, you just, you want a great time, right? And and it's very, oh, let's do this, let's do that, let's do the other and and all of that. But a holidaymaker is only living for the moment. They're not thinking about the plans of the future and what I'm going to do here, what I'm going to do there. They're on holiday having a great time. But a builder understands the decisions I make today, what I build with in my life today, am I building with bricks and cement or am I building with sand? And as believers, we know being stewards, we're we're builders of the word. It's God's word that facilitates the life of who he is in us. Next thing, number two, uh, a builder invests, he invests in a spiritual view, in relationships, in family, in people. A holidaymaker doesn't want to put roots down. They're only here for a short while and a holidaymaker 
spends. They're using the environment to give them a good time. Whereas a builder says, no, I want to be part of helping to create the environment. I want to be part of creating family. I want to be a part of creating community. So I want to be a, a steward of the life and all the giftings and the graces that God has placed in my life because I want to build into this thing so that whoever is part of this thing is going to be built up, strengthened, so they can become part of this family, part of this community and, and so that God can do everything He wants to do in them. So I want to be that kind of person. As I've said already, a builder doesn't complain about things when there's a problem. A builder's looking to be part of the solution. I'm here to solve problems. I'm here to build into this thing. Whereas a holidaymaker complains when things aren't right. A builder understands I've got an important part to play in what is going on because who God is in me and the giftings that he brought are part of building into this family, into this community, into all that God wants to do. Whereas a, a holidaymaker says, I don't want to work, I just want to play. Yeah. I'm on holiday. Yeah. In 1 Thessalonians 1.3, which I think I've got written down here somewhere. It talks about three things. Our work that is produced by faith, our labour prompted by love, and endurance inspired by hope. Yeah. If, our, if our lives, if the work we do, everything God's called us to do is produced by faith, then what word are we living with, as I've said already? What is God speaking to us that produces faith in us to then do whatever he's called us to do? Yeah. This labour prompted by love, is not done in our own strength, but it's done in the power of the Holy Spirit. The endurance that is inspired by hope then comes from whatever God is speaking and saying to us that enables us to endure through the challenge, through opposition and through the difficulty so that we come out the other side. That's a builder's mentality. I want to know what God is saying so that what I'm building with is substance in my life and into other people's lives, that the motivation is love for others and that I'm going to keep enduring in all that God has called me to, to see fruitfulness, to see breakthroughs and to see release. A builder lives for purpose. A holiday maker lives for pleasure. There's loads more we could unpack in this, but a builder lives to see a series of lives affected and changed. Yep. A builder lives to create an environment of hospitality, Amen. a place where people can dwell, to grow and mature. Yep. Understands they're helping to define the culture, the context in which life happens. What you invest in is what you live in the good of. What you invest in is what you live in the good of. A holidaymaker's not investing in anything. They're just spending. They're just visiting. They're coming and going. It's just a place to attend or go to for a few weeks. The difference between a spiritual builder uh, and a spiritual holidaymaker, if you like, is 
the, what I'm part of, I'm investing in and building into rather than I'm attending something, say on a Sunday, in that sense. There's a difference between a builder and a holiday maker. A builder is given to God's purpose. What does all this mean? It means we are stewarding the life, the giftings, the grace on our lives, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the resources He's placed into our hands. We're stewarding those and taking responsibility for those. Now we're going to just pray through Colossians 3 in the next few minutes. Time is is 11.30. If you just need to grab your kids, then uh, do that because time has has gone. But we're going to pray. Let's just stand together. We're going to pray through Colossians 3, just a few verses here. Just close your eyes for a moment. Colossians 3, verses 1 to 4. This is a builder's mentality, a steward's mentality. Just personalise this. Since then that I have been raised with Christ, it says, set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So a builder has a revelation that I'm a new creation in Christ. I set my heart on things above, not on earthly things. I'm seated at the right hand of God. That's my starting point. So I set my mind and my heart on things above, not on earthly things. My old life is now dead. It's being crucified with Christ. I am now hidden in Christ in this new life that I have. Then it says this, put away these things. The next few verses, more holiday makers mentality. Put away the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once had, but now... Rid yourselves also of such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. They're of the old. They're not who we are. And then there's a whole bunch of things in the next few verses which we haven't got time to come to at this moment. But let's just take a few moments in the stewarding of our lives as kingdom ambassadors on earth. Firstly, just bring yourself before him. I know you've been doing that over the last few weeks in different ways. But just firstly, thank you. Say, Father, I thank you that my life is now not driven by the sinful nature. My life is now led by your spirit. I thank you that the power of the old has been broken and that I now live this new life in the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I just surrender afresh to you this morning, to your lordship and to your sovereignty. I just surrender afresh everything 
that you've blessed me with in my life. I surrender my home to you, whether you own it or rent it. I just surrender a fresh water is yours. It's not mine. It doesn't, I can't do what with it, whatever I want. It belongs to you. Father, I want my home to serve you, to honour you, to be filled with your presence. So what we cultivate in our home honours you. What we do and what we don't do, to honour you. Everything that is in the bank, finances, money, whether little or much, Father, it's yours. I surrender that afresh to you. Everything that I have, possessions and clothes and everything else that I have, Father, I surrender afresh to you. I want to honour you with all that is in my life at this time, that it would flow not just to me, but would flow through me. Father, I thank you that each one of us would find a fresh joy in giving. The joy of giving. It might be giving a pair of shoes away. It might be giving a shirt away, a suit away. It might be giving a kitchen appliance away. It might be taking somebody out for lunch. It might be doing whatever. Father, I thank you that we would find the joy of giving in a fresh way, that joy of release in our lives. It's more blessed to give than to receive. The joy of giving would just flow in a fresh way in us and through us. And Father, I thank you, you grace us to build into one another's lives. That's where small groups, church in the home, community, so, so important that we're not just attending on a Sunday but we're building into the life of who we are. So Father, we thank you. We praise your name. We give you honour. We give you glory. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. And just before Colin comes, just to close. The next three Sundays, we're going to be going through Psalm 103. And we're going to be doing five or six verses each week over the next few weeks. And what we want you to do in this next week is take the first five verses of Psalm 103. And during this week, I want to encourage you, read it, meditate on it, pray through it. See what God says to you through those first few verses. You can read the whole Psalm every day if you want. But the first five verses, read and meditate on during this week because next week when we come, somebody is going to share for five or ten minutes at the beginning. But then we're going to have a longer period of time where we're in smaller groups and we're going to be sharing the revelation that God has been given each one of us. What God has been doing. What he's been, we're going to build each other up. We're going to invest in others. We're going to be stewards of the word in this next week so that you can then steward that and encourage others in their lives. Build them up. Encourage them in that way. And we're going to do some peer discipling and encouragement over these next few weeks. So I want you to encourage you to do that. And then next Sunday night, 6 p.m., is the next gathering of Horsham Church Together Worship here at 6 o'clock. We're going to have a really powerful night. I want to encourage you to be part of that next Sunday night, 6 p.m. Father, I just speak your blessing, your goodness over every one of our lives, over our families. One other thing, a builder thinks generationally about the next generation. And this is why homes are so important. If your kids see you reading the Bible, they're going to be like, wow. 
If the kids see us worshipping, it becomes part of who they are. I was never pressured. You've got to be at a meeting, be at church, do this. I saw the reality of God in my parents' lives and they cultivated that in our home and our family. And being with others, worshipping was just a natural outworking of that, not a, we've got to go to this. So Father, I just thank you for that fresh release in our homes of your presence, of your glory and all that you want to do in your mighty name. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.